everybody. We are live. Welcome once again to the JAEF Media Show. The JAEF Media Show. Once again, my name is Calvin Cavanda and I am your host for today. This is episode four of our very interesting series that we're doing called Predestined predestined calling and purpose that your scripture might be fulfilled <clears throat> excuse me predestined calling and purpose that your scripture might be fulfilled as i like to always start off i like to always ask how are you doing <clears throat> How are you doing today, my brother, my sister, my friend? How are you doing today? And I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. And for whatever reason, if you're not, at whatever point you decide to press exit during uh, the airing of this broadcast, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will turn whatever is causing you grief and uplift the Spirit of heaviness and give you a gamut of praise that you will experience a tangible change in your situation at whatever moment you decide to press exit. <clears throat> now, I'll this is now our tradition. We do this, we've done this in so many broadcasts that you probably know what's coming up next. We are about to venture out into deep, deep spiritual terrain. And who better than the Holy Spirit to be our tour guide uh, into where we're going. So Father, once again, thank you for this privilege and honor to sit at the feet of your word, to abide under the shadow of your wings. Your word is truth and it is our shield and buckler. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So Father, I invite the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you to take over this atmosphere, this room, and I ask that you attach your power, your authority, your voice, your manifestation to the frequency of these airwaves. And I also ask that you create a bubble, a shield, a conducive environment around anyone that is listening to these words, that you open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and above all, open our hearts to receive, this engrafted word with meekness that is able to save our souls. And we pray this in the mighty, mighty, wonderful name, sweetest name above all other names, the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and soon coming King. And for my, my uh, Hebraic counterparts, Yeshua HaMashiach. 
So we are in for a journey. We're in for a drive. I enjoy many this broadcast is the one that really keeps me up at night because the approach that I'm using I decided to yield to the Holy Ghost and bring an interesting theme or subject to the table and I said Holy Ghost what do you have to say about this so you and I are learning on the fly. You and I are venturing out into terrain that we've never been to. It is a challenge because with other broadcasts, and by the way, let me shed light on those. <laughs> oh, we're, we're off and running. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned, this is episode four of our Predestined Calling and Purpose series. Now, quickly, just to highlight some of the other broadcasts that are going on. We are also doing a book study on a book study on on healing for damaged emotions by David A. Simmons. That book has really transformed uh, a lot of me in the emotional aspect because I, I didn't realize that these probably in my past, not really soul ties, that, that one I was familiar with, but the area called damaged emotions. So it is challenging me uh, to look into some things some areas in my past where my emotions could have been damaged and are still stuck there. Uh, that's happening. Uh, we also uh, studied uh, this standalone series called Wisdom is the Principal Thing. My, my, my. Um, you have to watch that. Uh, I, I'm starting to lose track of, of what is my favorite broadcast, but I'll go back to this one. This one is unique. We also have uh, another series called Faith, Hope, and Love. If you've been around the Bible for some time, there's that famous phrase in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I believe, verse 8. <clears throat> Uh, maybe verse 8 or verse 10 that says it says now these three abide faith hope and love so yeah it says first corinthians chapter 13 verse 13 it says and now abideth faith hope love these three for the greatest of these is love so we have a broadcast called faith hope and love and that is to inspire our faith our hope and love uh, i believe those are three areas that many people today are malnourished then what else do we have going on yeah i think those are the three those are the other three that i'll encourage you to tune in because everything is kind of meshing together I'm finding that sometimes the things that are being shared on wisdom as a principal thing are flowing into faith, hope, and love, are flowing into this, are flowing into the book study. So 
man, we're just getting a wealth of knowledge uh, from all areas. Now, back to this broadcast. This series is a continuation or a sequel, I've mentioned this before, of Let There Be Light. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. Now, in Let There Be Light, we discovered two lights. Quickly going to go through it. One was an external one that God said, called out, um, an external one that God called out of darkness at the beginning of creation. And the other is an eternal light, which is found in the life of Jesus by virtue of the Holy Spirit. So, this is the second light, is the one that we're focusing on. Because this light is very unique and accomplishes different things in us. Uh, we are broken, it breaks us free from the power of darkness and we are translated into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the son of his love. Okay, this light that is in the life of Jesus that we become partakers of by receiving of his Holy Spirit also sheds the love of God in our hearts. Now, it also purifies us on our on our day-to-day -day walk. In the first instance, it, it broke us free from the power of darkness, and we are translated into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. Now, on our day-to-day -day walk, it's the same light that purifies us from sin and cleanses us. And you can find that in first John. First John chapter 9 says, um, yeah, it says, let me go, first John chapter 1, verse 6, let me start from there. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay, then this light, it enlightens our path, which is the focus of this series. Predestined, calling, and purpose, that your scripture might be fulfilled. So, um, this this is this is the dimension that we're focusing on this light that enlightens our path of our calling and our purpose now in the gospel of john chapter 1 we read that in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god in him was life and the life was the light of man then a few verses down it says there that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into this world. So it's telling us that you and I, when we are born, as we grow, we don't realize this, but we're walking, coming into a world of darkness. Now, darkness in scripture isn't, can be used to talk about different things. It can mean spiritual blindness. It can mean actual physical blindness. It can mean uh, lack of knowledge. Uh, it can mean the powers of darkness against us. So, so it's telling us there's a true light that we need, which will enlighten us as we come into this world. 
Okay. Now, we're continuing on this tangent. In the first series, the one leading up to this one, we say that one, I believe, one of the most important light bulbs that every Christian needs to turn on is finding themselves in Scripture and learning how Scripture not only talks to you, but about you. Okay. And how we can harness prophetic utterances from Scripture. Now, thanks to the Holy Ghost, uh, this series is taking a very interesting turn. This is why I say this series for me is, is perhaps the hardest because I, I mentioned it in one of the, on the broadcast that I like to come on here with 10%. You know, John said, he must increase, I must decrease. I, I want to just wash the vessel, prepare it, come on here in humility and by faith, listen to where the Holy Ghost is going to take us. So usually it's just scriptures, an outline, and it's like, okay, let's go, you know. So this series is, I'm going on an, we are all going on an adventure. I might, well, though, I was going to say, I'm, I might happen to be the one driving the car, but we're following the GPS of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I want you to get to bear, you know, give me grace on that, you know, um, because one of the problems we're running into the body of Christ is how extending the frontiers of scripture, not extending scripture, but extending, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to show us and reveal to us you know, new ways of thinking, dynamic ways of thinking, because the enemy that we're battling against is someone that has been here longer than us. And there's, there's a type of thinking that I see very often in the body of Christ. And it's, 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 it's like a, a cyclical type of thinking. And so when, when the Holy Spirit comes and challenges you to start thinking in new dynamic ways, it's a challenge because um, you know, it, it's like putting a new item on a menu. And, and this is why this is very challenging for me, because I feel like I'm putting a new item on the menu. And I've eaten of that menu as well for so many years. And now trying to put a new item on the menu, the challenge becomes, by faith, you know, how will it be received? Because if I look at the prayer, the prayer sessions, you know, just around the body of Christ and where people normally go to for prayer and this and this, the body of Christ is still stuck at praying for needs. Rarely are we praying 
to grow in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of our Father. We, we're across the body of Christ. We're not genuinely at a place where we want to know the Father, know about the mysteries of old, know about just the things of God. At, at, the, at the forefront of our minds and our prayer routines and our prayer closet, prayer gatherings, is still a lot of breakthrough type prayers. So we have a lot of breakthrough summons, breakthrough teachings, and I feel that we need to um, start pursuing a new dynamic understanding of our Father, you know, extending from that. Extending from that, God wants to be known more than a God who just provides for you. You know, he wants to know, he wants to tell you how he created the world. He wants to tell you some of these things that may not necessarily uh, directly correlate to your paycheck, to your healing. And I feel like the body of Christ at large is saying, we know God is awesome. God is amazing. But until you give me my paycheck, until you give me a new job, until you give me a wife, then I can hear about the other things you want to offer. So teachings like these may not pull crowds because I'm coming to challenge us to say, it is time for us to start seeking, uh, pursuing uh, uh, deeper dimensions of God because it says his thoughts are infinite. Who can find them out? So that's, that's, that's really one of the things that I'm, um, if there's anything for me with the body of Christ that I see is, um, even with my own family, you know, if I was to talk about, to share a teaching on, on, you know, God blessing this and God blessing that and all of that, that is quickly received. But if, if you just want to tell someone to sit down, are we going to talk about the righteousness of God or, or just the love of God or uh, the thought patterns of God or just the creation of the world, the mysteries of God? Um, just other prayer or talking points that are not directly related to, you know, you receiving a house, a car, a husband, a child, or whatever, those don't seem to pick up a lot of interest. But I've gotten to find out that this God is, you know, he says in Jeremiah, he says something in Jeremiah 33, and help me, Holy Ghost, we, we've got places to go, but. Um, Jeremiah 30, uh, Jeremiah 29, no, Jeremiah 33, 
Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33.3. Yes. He says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That's um, that's an area that God is challenging you and I. So Psalms. So that's to say that's an exhortation for you that. I find the more I'm interested in the other workings of God, you know, in great and mighty things that I do not know, I find like the other things in my life become easier for me to subdue. You see, The other things in my life become easier to subdue. The more I grow in the knowledge of how awesome God is, of what he can do, of what, of like his glory, his splendor, of his awesomeness, it diminishes the needs in my life. You know, the more I meditate on a God who can feed 3 million people in the wilderness for 40 years, supernaturally, their clothes do not wear out, their shoes do not wear out, and yet these people are growing, fashions a table for them in the midst of the wilderness. The more I meditate on, on what that could have meant, on what that could have looked like, it diminishes a one-person prayer request for provision because the larger you grow in knowledge of God, it gives you strength to subdue the things that you, you're dealing with. In fact, in one of the Proverbs, it says, a man of knowledge increases strength. Let me find that. Proverbs 24, verse 5. Proverbs 24, verse 5 says, it says, Through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it's established. By knowledge rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. It says, A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. It says, it's a man of knowledge that increases strength. And the scripture says, the people that know their God will be strong and do exploits in Daniel chapter 12. Then it says, if you faint, Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And it told us that strength was a byproduct 
of how much knowledge you have. So now this podcast, this broadcast, predestined calling and purpose. To what degree can you and I bank on written prophecy? How can that translate and apply to our lives today? Sometimes I run into a lot of, um, I, I, I talk to a lot of people um, in-house and out-house. Out, out I talk to a wide range of believers. And most of the times I hear people saying phrases like, you know, I feel like this is a season for me to do this. I feel like God is calling me to do this. I feel like, I feel like. Rarely do I run to someone and say, God spoke to me through, you know, prophet so-and-so in the word. You know, God spoke to me through the words of Isaiah chapter this and this and say, uh, do this and do that. Rarely. We are still trying to fulfill destiny and purpose. We have a desire, I believe, an honest desire. People have an honest desire to find out what God has called them to do. But people rarely uh, have foundations of where God is sending them in Scripture. And for me, that has radically, radically transformed my life. Most of the people, it's, I feel like God is doing this. You know, I feel like God is doing this. I feel like God is telling me this. I feel like God is telling me that. And, and sometimes we have generic prophecies mentioned. And most people don't even know how that applies to them. Man, I'm already jumping into uh, the script today. so. Since we're already heading there, quickly, Psalms 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Okay, once we understand that scripture can be or is a light, to what extent can we rely on it? Can we bet the house on it? Can we follow scripture to fulfill destiny? This is the trail that we're following. Now, I mentioned for those who might be tuning in this the first time, I saw this, it caught my attention while I was uh, uh, reading the book of John, Gospel of John. A certain phrase started jumping off the pages. And the phrase is that the scripture might be fulfilled. And that's the subtitle to this series. But we added a new twist to it that your scripture might be fulfilled. Again, because we have established that Christ in us, the hope of glory, we live yet not us. But Christ lives in us and the life that we now live, believe by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself, who died for us and gave himself, who, who gave himself for us. Uh, Galatians 2, verse 21 there. So scripture is not only written for Christ, but for all of us who are in Christ. Right? So what I noticed was that, that the scripture might be fulfilled. This simple phrase was causing so much, had so much activity in the natural around it. Governments were changing power. People were being elected. 
uh, others were being taken off power, uh, the climate was changing, the, the economy was changing, new laws and decrees were being passed around that an utterance which had been spoken might be fulfilled. And I say that before, by, before Bible was written, literally, um, this is a blueprint of what has already been spoken in the spirit. Because again, remember, the beginning was the word. In the beginning was not the Bible or the written word. In the beginning was the word in spirit. Jesus said, God is spirit. And the word, Jesus said, the, uh, the words that I speak to you are spirits and their life. It's the spirit that quickens. So these words, that we, these written words, are a blueprint or a map into what is in spirit form. Okay. So. This is where I want us to start. I want you to build the confidence. I don't want you to be one of those people that walks around and says, I feel like God is telling me this. I feel like this. I feel like that. If your vocabulary is still, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, it shows me that you, you still haven't established solid grounds to say, God spoke to me this through here. When I share, sometimes when I share with people some, some things that, uh, there, was, there was a really big one that just happened recently. It took 12 months. It was an utterance I got from scripture. It started to manifest in the natural. It's taken about 12 months from the first time that I got that utterance. When I show it, when I show, when I, if I've shown, whoever I've shown it to and talked to said, look at this, their mind is blown because it's easy for them now to say, of, to kind of see what happened in the nurture and say, yeah, of course, that's the leading of God. But it started out, not as someone coming to me and saying, that says the Lord, but it was an utterance from scripture. So one of the good things for us today is that as I was meditating and saying, Holy Spirit, this is a really challenging series. I feel like it's stretching me. I was like, give me some other, um, kind of angles on how to deal with this whole concept of predestined calling and purpose that your scripture might be fulfilled. How can I, Father, bring, give to life this, this concept of an utterance in scripture causing natural manifestation, causing things to turn around? How can you stand on the word of God in your life and see that word causing things to shape and change shape, take shape, so that the utterance that was spoken can be brought forth. Now, the Holy Spirit did help us and um, in, in the previous series, as I'm saying, today, um, we're now going to go. This is going to be roller coaster because I was like, "Wow!" So in the in episode three, I we 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 were talking about King Cyrus, 
and the return of the Jews to build the walls of Jerusalem. And we, 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 we looked at how a prophecy was spoken by Jeremiah. And so did uh, Isaiah later on add to it. And I said, you would have been, if you knew, uh, this is the confidence. King Cyrus, understanding that he was caught up in the manifestation of prophecy, what that did for him is um, is it gave him confidence as a king going out to battle because let me let me first find some of those scriptures. King Cyrus. Okay, so King Cyrus. So this was the prophecy from Second Chronicles. This is when it happened in action. We see it in Second Chronicles and in Ezra. But then if you go to Jeremiah and you go to Isaiah, you see the Lord speaking something. Now, King Cyrus is caught up in the manifestation of prophecy. If you discern that you are in the manifestation of an utterance that, that has to be fulfilled, that might be fulfilled, there's an assurance of faith that it gives you not to mess it up. Because we've seen in Scripture before where John the Baptist, his father, uh, Zechariah, uh, Angel Gabriel came and spoke to him and said, Elizabeth will conceive a son, yada, 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 yada. John the Baptist tried to dispute it. What did Angel Gabriel did? He muted him. Uh, Zechariah became numb until John the Baptist was born. Sometimes when a word is released that might be fulfilled, you can mess it up. You can mess it up if you're not careful. So let us first look at the example of King Cyrus. Again, let me quickly run down. Let there be light in him was life. The life was the light of men. This is the light that enlightens all of us that enter into this world. We're coming into a world of darkness. We don't know about our future. We don't know about our past as a human species. So we lean on utterances of old from the Holy Spirit and also scripture telling us that before we were in our mother's womb, he ordained us. He knew us even before we were in our mother's womb. All our days are numbered out, Psalms 139. So that's why this series is called Predestined Calling and Purpose. You and I are trying to enter into a calling and purpose, the fulfillment of our calling and purpose that was predestined. So it is inherent, it is valuable that you and I start to look for what is this predestined information? What is this information that was written about us? This is the key to us advancing forward and, um, and, and manifesting destiny. 
the script has been written. Now, some people may say, well, if the script has been written, that means am I a robot? No, no, you're not. Just because it has been written doesn't mean that it will come to pass. That's why the scripture says that it might be fulfilled. You have a role to play, even though it, it was predestined. It was predestined in the spirit. Now, it, is, it has to manifest in the natural. So you have a role to play. What this understanding gives you is it gives you leverage for faith, for confidence. You know, once you know that this has to work out in my favor, you have confidence to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You have confidence not to make rash decisions. A huge, huge testimony is coming. And a couple uh, is first approach, manifestation, mind blowing. But I'll get to share some of the things that I'm encountering on my own and how some of these things are playing out. Um, so you have a role to play. This being predestined is one half. You have a role to play in fulfilling it in the natural. Second Corinthians, and then we go back to Cyrus, and off we go. Why is predestined information very valuable? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 2 says, Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Now, then he talks about spiritual wisdom. However, so he's talked about the wisdom of man. Now he changes and starts to talk about another wisdom, a heavenly wisdom, a predestined wisdom. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. It says, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God. So there's a wisdom of man, and then there's a wisdom of God. In a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. You see? Predestined. It says, we speak in the the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Do you see what we're on here? We are on a, 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 a track, train tracks, destination glorified. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, he says those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. The end game is glorification. 
He's telling you that's the destination, but he's telling you we speak not the wisdom of man, nor of the ages. Um, um, yet not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He's telling you your stock should be in what? Where should you stock your faith? Right above, he just told us that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. Why? It is coming to nothing. Because this has been predestined. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? He says, it's in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God. And he's telling us, ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Now, wow. Listen to this. You and I, knowing that, okay, there's a wisdom that has been ordained for us before the ages, for our glory is the reason I'm saying we have to figure out how to read and interpret, get as much as we can the directives, whatever directs our lives, on scripture utterances that have already been verified, that have already been tested. We're going to be taking two parallel um, out of this series. We're going to be doing two parallel. Uh, uh, investigations. I will show you through a study, personal study that I've done through the book of Revelation, that when John says, he that was, he that is, that was, and is to come. Write down these words, which are, and which are to come. I'll show you that the dimensions of the Christ are three ways. The Christ is it, 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 in the book of Revelations, it, it's it talked about these three angles to look at the Word of God or to look at the Christ. It says, he who is, who was, and who is to come. So it's very interesting because the Word of God, the things that we, what might be ease for us right now was someone else's is to come and what was someone's uh, it's interesting so you have to be able to 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 understand how can you take scripture and look at it through those three lenses and bring it because scripture is written on three timelines which was which is and is to come so it depends where you're standing and where you're looking and where you're headed. All of us look at it differently, but scripture is written on three timelines. In in the in the time in in, in a heavenly context, it is in 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 when you put it on a time scale, it appears as if it's you know, was, is, is to come. That's in our understanding. So there's three, there's three 
timelines that you can look through scripture, right? So we're going to be doing a study on, we'll be, we'll be venturing out into the book of Revelation, and I'll show you mind-blowing ways, mind-blowing things that when John looked at Jesus Christ, the description of his fabric and the words that Jesus uttered when he saw him, how those can uh, illuminate your mind on how to start reading scripture on three timelines. That was really my first encounter. That was one of the first times that I was, to be honest, uh, I was, that was one of the areas in my, the seasons in my life. That was a very uh, key spiritual landmark for me because I went into the book of Revelation and I prayed one simple prayer and said, Lord, I've always run away from the book of Revelation. I can no longer run away from it. Teach me the book of Revelation. And it was mind-blowing, the things that I started to see, things that I was not even hearing from people who had been, uh, you know, Bible scholars way longer than I had been. But it was by revelation, right? So that was huge for me. That is when I started to tap into this wisdom of how to read scripture on different timelines, how you can stand in the middle of a prophecy and say, this worked for 2,000 years ago, but is the context valid for now? Can I pull on it? Because the, 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 the same thing can be taken for that person. In our standing right now, to that person, it was their current. To us, it's now their past. So it's very interesting. So we're going to be venturing out. That's one of the lines we're going to be following. Now, the Holy Spirit was challenging, uh, basically, when I was like, how, should, how else should we look at this subject? It's, it's deep, it's sensitive, it's tricky, it's challenging. And so you say, well, okay, look at the book of Revelations and, and, and teach and introduce uh, the three timelines of Scripture, okay? You say, also, do a study on how we can investigate and apply written prophecy in our lives. How we can discern, is that an utterance I can stand on, okay? So they, there's so many interesting things that are happening here. Um, um, let me see. Let me first finish Cyrus and then come back here. Okay. So we're going, we're, we're going on a journey. We're going on an interesting journey. I don't know where we're going to end up, but bear with me. I've never done this. I am following the lay of the Holy Spirit. I honestly don't want to come on here and give you um, scripted utterances. You know, I want to come here, and which forces me, it puts pressure on me to just clear out this vessel, spirit, soul, and body, and come on here and say, Holy Spirit, take us. So there might be lots of things that you haven't heard about, me too, different ways of understanding. But this is us venturing into different dimensions of God. This is us saying, Lord, we've heard of your wonder, your magnificence, and your splendor. 
You say, call unto me and I will answer you. That's part one. But I want to show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. This is the dimension that I want to challenge you, that I'm challenging myself on, that we need to start pursuing as believers. It's not just to, every session is, we're looking for my house, my dog, my cat, as one of my brothers says, my wife, my husband, my, my job, my, that's okay. But God wants us to know him beyond that. He wants to have this deep, intimate um, conversations with us. If you're not interested in future comings, what's going to happen? How can God trust you with prophetic utterances of things that are going to happen 10 years from now? You see, God is not going to bother you with something that's going to happen 10 years from now, five years from now, because all you are focused on is now. You know, learn to sit down and say, God, take me back in time, in history. Teach me about history. Show me what happened then. You know, teach me about the current. Of course, that's where I am. But now take me to the future. What is going to happen? You know, Engage God on those different chords. Strike those different chords. Don't just keep striking the one chord. You know, you know, strike, strike some other chords in God. That, that stuff makes him happy. That's the stuff that just, because that's him. God is a wealth of knowledge. He's, he's glad when he's like, man, like, tell me about all your cars. Tell me about all your children. Tell me about this. So. I want you to be excited about where we're headed. So, um, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? So, Cyrus, I need to quickly recap on that. But you see what Paul is telling us here? He says, however, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor are the rulers of this age, we're coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Isn't that interesting? The dividing line between Christ dying for us or not dying for us was all hinging on one thing, the hidden wisdom of God. It says, had the princes of this world known that this was the plan, they would not have touched the Christ. Jesus would have been walking. Judas would not have betrayed him. Judas would have tried to betray him. He would have brought, he would have come to the Pharisees, the high priest and everyone, and they would have said, no, 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 we're not touching that man. This is the key that you and I need. He says, my people have gone into captivity because they lack knowledge. Life is a test. 
he that has the most answers wins. Your life is a test. My life is a test. Our lives are mysteries filled with unknowns. We are born into a world of unknowns. And we start venturing on a life of where we do the best with what we know. If you know very little, you can't go very far. Spiritually speaking, secularly speaking, Christianity speaking, it doesn't matter what arena. Life is a game of knowledge. You and I, as it says in John, this is the true light which enlightens every man that enters the world. As you're coming into the world, and now I want to challenge you, as you're entering into 2023, 2024, it's still February 2024, as of the recording, the recording of this podcast. No, March, by the Happy New Month. March 2024. But as we're journeying deeper into this year we all we're coming across we are coming into contact our unknowns unknowns of the economy unknowns of the weather unknowns of government unknowns of what the next virus viral plagues are going to be unknowns of uh, earthquakes unknowns 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 so the our safety our advancement, our progression in this journey called life is hinging on one thing. How much do you know about what was predestined for you? How much wisdom do you have? The wisdom of God that has been ordained before the ages. You and I have access to that knowledge, to those mysteries. We do. We do. Because he gives us confidence and says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into um, the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes. The deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, again he's telling you, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. Freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That we have the mind of Christ. My brother, my sister, it is time for you and I to start digging for these are the mysteries, the things that have been ordained. He says they've been freely given to us. 
we have access to the wisdom of God, the hidden mysteries of God that he has ordained before the ages for our glorification in the ages to come. My, my, my. So I want you to get excited. I'm setting the stage. I'm setting the stage. So we're going to go to Cyrus and then off we will go. I've mentioned one of the uh, train um, thought trains that we're going to follow. We're going to look into the book of Revelation and use that to expand our thinking on how to read scripture and interpret it on the three different timelines that it is written. As it says, John, in fact, just, just listen to this in the book of uh, Revelation. John, let me give you just this as a highlight. Um, chapter one, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. Come on, let's just go here. And in my commentary, I'll get it. Okay. So it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Okay. Now, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ? Do you, do you hear that? something here so it was a revelation of jesus christ which god gave him god gave to jesus jesus to show his servants the things which must shortly take place and jesus sent this revelation by his angel jesus has an angel did you know that um to his servant john so there was so many people involved in this the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God, the Father, gave to Jesus to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he said he sent it and signified it by his angel to his servant John. He says, John now who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Now, it's interesting. Then says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Now, just as a teaser. So, John, verse 4. John to the seven churches. I'm trying to see here. Um, it, so, one of the things that I'll, once I show you, you can apply this Revelation chapter 1, 2, 3, and whatever. But you see, like, the book of Revelation is also very interesting. It's also written on, on three timelines. What was, what is, and what is to come. So you have to be discerning. Most Christians, they never read the book of Revelations because it seems like it's this very hard book. And that's how I used to be. But the book of Revelation, 
is written on three different timelines. You can find accurate prophecy for today, but it also gives us prophecy of things that happened in the past. And it also gives us prophecy and utterances about things that are going to happen in the future. So it is, the book of Revelation is also written on three timelines. But what I noticed when I first encountered, when the Holy Spirit first revealed this to me, I took that blueprint back all across scripture and I can find myself anywhere in scripture. If I'm going through a situation, to be honest, I can go into scripture, which is going to be one of the things we're going to be doing. One of the uh, tangents of, of trains of thinking we're going to follow is investigating. Um, let me see here. Investigating and applying written prophecy. How can you take utterances of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, Habakkuk, Malachi, Micah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Amos, Nahum, and bring them into a current situation? So I'll be I'll be pulling up different utterances. And I'll show you that you can actually map that to what is happening. And you, where can you tap into? Where can you plug yourself into and join the train? Where can you join the train, basically? So, but just as a teaser. So, first of all, it says, Blessed is he that reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So you, I would challenge you, you are to read the book of Revelation, man, at least three times a year. Read at the beginning of the year, maybe in the middle of the year, towards the end of the year. It says, blessed is he who reads, those who hear, and keep. Okay. Then, this is where it first, like, hit me like a, vault of no this is where it first like blew my mind let me not use certain kind of language <laughs> um um <laughs> it blew my mind john listen to how john speaks so john received a testimony but this testimony that we read in the book of revelation is a witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's interesting. To the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It almost differentiates between them. Okay. In chapter 4, he says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. He says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Okay. Then he says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Now, in verse 8, so already it gives us three dimensions. First of all, 
of the first testimony of Jesus Christ. He says, who is, who was, and who is to come. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Then manifested as Messiah. But then coming back as a, as a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. So these different dimensions. So, so Jesus is also, he, he paints this picture of the three dimensions of this person. In, in the, in, of, of this person, Jesus Christ says, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. Okay. In verse 8. Um, my goodness. In verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Who is and who was and who is to come? Okay. Um, let me show you um, something I'm looking for. Um, Yeah, where am I? I want to show you where he talks. Okay. When Jesus now starts to talk. And, um. Yeah, so in verse 19, you know, when Jesus starts to talk, he says, Right, these things which you have seen and the things which are. And the things which will take place after this. Do you see that? It, it, it gives it also uh, this aspect of the things which are and the things which shall take place after this. So we shall be following that um, line of thought and reasoning. Uh, through 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 the book of Revelations to show you how you can start to read um, scripture and interpret it on three different timelines. That's coming down the pipeline. We shall go through um, all of this, uh, the garments that Jesus was clothed with, and so where does that leave us? That is what. We're, we're going to be building up on and, and all of that. Now, Cyrus, before I forget. Cyrus, one of the things we, we, we looked at in the previous episode, which will uh, set us up nicely for where we're headed, is in Second Chronicles, it says, now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Pajur, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord set up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Pajur, so that he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom. Okay. Let me just one second here. Okay. Saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Pajur, all the kingdoms of the earth that the Lord of heaven, Second Chronicles chapter thirty-six, verse twenty-two to twenty-three. Thus says the thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth that the Lord God of heaven has given me, and He has commanded me to build 
is commanded me to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Okay. Cyrus made that proclamation, but that proclamation was on the back of of utterances that had already been released before him by Jeremiah, which is where we're going to go and see that. But he says that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. And what was that word? Okay. In Ezra, that word was from uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 14. Let me find that here. Jeremiah, uh, I've got so many scriptures here, so uh, I need multiple places to be reading from. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 14. Okay. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Now, this is Jeremiah. So I'm going to read the utterance by Jeremiah, and then you'll see now that this might be fulfilled, what happened to Cyrus and, and how this just changed everything around what was happening in the natural. So Jeremiah 29 verse 4 says, Thou says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. It says, Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place which I caused you to be carried away. That is a word that is saying God will turn the captivity of Israel from Babylon from the yoke of Babylon after 70 years. Now, Cyrus enters, um, becomes a king when he takes over 
Babylon is overtaken and now the Medes and the Persians come in. So now in 2 Chronicles, it's telling us in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that this word that was spoken by the mouth of the Lord to Jeremiah might be fulfilled, that Israel, after 70 years, they'll be delivered. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. So that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it in writing. Okay. Saying something. Now, I want you to see the economy of changes that happened in this just this first year of Cyrus and what that means for us once we have tapped into the mystery of the hidden wisdom of God that has been ordained before the ages for our glory. Cyrus didn't know, we're going to read in, in Isaiah, that he was just a beneficiary of hidden wisdom of God that had been ordained for glorification, actually for the return of Israel from, 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 from captivity in, in, in Babylon. And he was walking into that fulfillment, right? So what, as a, as, as a king, what do you think Cyrus himself has told us in Second Chronicles chapter 36 that thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. Wow. He has given me. Cyrus is a beneficiary. If Cyrus is going out to battle, Cyrus has confidence that he's going to take you on. If you know that Cyrus is flowing in the stream <laughs> that makes glad the city of God, that the winds of God are behind him, he's not a king that you want to go to war against. Your best use of time and, um, and, and resources is to uh, is to be allies with Cyrus because this is what the Lord this is how the Lord was going to use Cyrus okay let's go to Isaiah Isaiah chapter um 44 and then 45 and you'll see some things that wow so let's go to Isaiah 44 and then Isaiah 45. 44 verse 18 to 28, verse 21 to 28. Okay. It says, Israel is not forgotten. So think about it. Daniel. <laughs> Wow. Are you enjoying this? Because I am. I am. I am. I am enjoying this. I am enjoying this. Um.
let's see uh, Daniel. Let me show you something here. You see, you need to see how all these things are like, you know, I know you want a house. I know you want a wife. I know you want a car. I know you want kids. I know you want a new job. But we are searching for great and mighty things that we knowest not. These people were not fools. These people are not idiots. Listen to Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. He says, so, th this is what I'm saying. In Jeremiah 29, <sighs> I'm running out of uh, scripture. Um, I got like six different ones here open. Pray for me. Uh, in Jeremiah twenty nine, let's 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 see something here. This is how you know the scripture says in Deuteronomy. It says the sons of Issachar were men of wisdom and understanding who knew what Israel ought to do. You see, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, the wisest man that ever lived, wisest king, the wisest man, richest man, who was also a king, anointed by God, whose dad was the father, King Solomon, wrote those words in Ecclesiastes, and they just blow my mind away. It says there's nothing new under the sun. The context might change. We might have Facebook. We might have Twitter. We might have Instagram. We might have this, that. But the general, um, the general context and fabric is nothing new. The sensuality today has existed before. Um, the lewdness, the jealousy, the wars, the, all of these pestilences, it has all existed before. So we have enough blueprint from scripture to look at times, how to, to understand the political climate, economical climate in times past how what god required of those people the kind of people that god used what was god's mission statement and that is the blueprint we are to follow for our own lives and that should give us a better understanding of our times and seasons so first of all in jeremiah 29 god is telling them I gave you enough time to repent, you refused. You were going into captivity. He says, if you stay behind, you're going to fall by the famine, by the pestilence, by the sword. He says, don't listen to false prophets. He says, he who is wise, pack up your bags, go to Babylon. That is where I'm going to prosper you. That is where I'm going to take care of you. You would have been a fool when the word has passed. 
to say you're going to stay in Judah. You're going to stay in Israel. That's why God is telling them, whoever is telling you that this thing is not going to come to pass is a false prophet. So a man like Daniel catches on onto this. He says, listen, I think we're going to be here for some time. He changes his heart posture. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of, of, of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O oh Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy to those who love him. And he goes on to pray this whole prayer. Right? As he's praying that prayer, Eventually, um, an angel appears to him and says, he says, while I was, I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me at about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of the supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. He gives them a, 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 a prophecy about what is to come, even when Jesus Christ would come, when Jesus Christ would die, and all of that. But Daniel tells us something very interesting. He says, I understood. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, it says, In the first year of the reign of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So, if, if you were a king, and let's say, now we're going back to Cyrus. If you're a king, how does this prophetic utterance affect a king like Cyrus? How does it cause him to think, to strategize? How does it affect you who's going into captivity? Right? First of all, if you're the ones, if you're the, if you're the captives, God is telling you in Jeremiah 29. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem 
unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives unto the priests and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, some of these people wanted to return and God was telling them, don't even think about it because in verse 4 he says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. He's telling them, don't even think about it. Don't think about returning. Stay there. I have to deal with this place. Iniquity and sin has abounded so much. 70 years of desolation have to happen. But he gives them confidence and says, Build yourselves houses. Build ye houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, and not diminished. That is a word from the Lord. How does that word comfort someone who is in captivity? That word strengthens you to move your focus on saying, my business, and, and saying, okay, God has not forsaken us. You see what I'm saying is if you don't have these ordained hidden wisdoms ordained for your glorification, in a season of turmoil, you won't know what buttons to push. You might be thinking of going back to Babylon. Man, God is saying, no, no, you might be thinking of going back to Jerusalem. God is saying, anyone that I'm going to take care of and cover, I'm going to do it in Babylon. It gives you confidence to stay in Babylon. That's what God was telling them here. He says, don't think about coming back. He says, plant, plant trees, plant things, plant food, get married, build houses, move on with life. That alone gives you confidence to say, you know what? God has not forsaken us. This is, oh... Are you, are you seeing this? This stuff, this is the stuff that once you start to, uh, I want you to start looking at scripture and, and, and just, you know, seeing how things are flowing, seeing how God moves. God is never against his people. God is for us. Do you know what that would do to someone who has been taken captivity? Do you know that someone could, someone could be alleviated from depression? Do you know the faith that this would give you in a land of captivity? Let's say you, you, you let's say um, war is happening right now. I don't know what country you're listening to this from. And you're thinking, but my businesses are here. My everything is here. And you read a word like this and God is saying, no, I have to do something to this country. Something has happened to sketch. I have to deal with it for the sin and iniquity that is abounded. Go to this other country. Don't worry. I will take care of you there. If you're a refugee, do you know what that does for your faith? That it gives you this confidence that you can move on? Huh. I need to read it in this other translation. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I tell you something. We are going on a journey 
I don't know if you can feel it. I don't know if you see it, but I'm just, my mind is getting blown right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking. I'm just enjoying it, and I hope you are. Listen to this. Listen to this confidence and reassurance. This would inspire family, a refugee family, to ask God, are you dealing with our land right now? And when we move, we have possessions here. This inspires, you think about it. Just, okay. You think about it. If this was a word that, I, I don't know who this is for, but if this was, if this is happening today to someone in a certain country, they have their businesses, okay? Uh, they have their businesses, they have their stock market, they have their stocks, they have their whole life in this country. The word of the Lord discerning, and, and most of these prophecies are still happening today because this was used in the time of, of, of Israel and all of this. And you will see it's the same thing we have today. I'm going to be showing you over and over and again, Israel relying on other countries, countries going in debt, countries trying to call for so-and-so to help them. Countries forming coalitions. God is saying it's not going to happen. They think it's going to happen. It doesn't happen. People, it, the cycles are the same. But watch this. If you are a discerning believer and you catch wind that there's something, a desolation that is happening to the land you're in. Now, wouldn't it do you good to sell I one time had a had a had a had a had a brother tell me this the a brother in the Lord tell me how um they they used to live in Zimbabwe. And when the country started being turned upside down, that would be like you going to bed today worth a million dollars and by the end of Saturday or by the end of by the time you wake up in the morning, your million dollars is now worth a hundred thousand dollars. No, is worth $1,000. If this, if you had caught a wind of what is coming, you would have sold your businesses and left. You would have sold your businesses while one year, two years in advance. If you caught wind that something is happening here, we're about to enter into a season of, of uproar. You sell your businesses. While the price is high, you pack up your bags, you go somewhere else. Instead of you trying to sell your business and no one is buying. Can you imagine? If, if we become Christians who discern the times and seasons like the sons of Issachar, we can pick up on the things that are going to happen. There is no political climate happening right now that does not have a blueprint in Scripture. You can know now is the time to stay, now is the time to leave. Isaac, famine happened. Isaac was trying to run down to Egypt like his father Abraham. God says, no, stay here in Gerar. This will bless you. You see such discernment? Famine, people running opposite direction. For you, God says, mm -mm, stay here because he knows something. This is the frequency and wavelength that we are to start moving on. Do you know what it meant for people back then? Man, God is telling them, don't listen to those diviners. 
He's telling them in verse 8, For that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For that says the Lord, after 70 years are completed. That is like, honey, pack up your bags, we're going. This place is going to be in desolation for the next 70 years. Pack up your bags and go. But God guaranteed them and sent them with security and assurance of provision in Babylon. In verse 4, he said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. That word only is already changing the texture, the economy of Babylon. First forward, that, that alone, God says he sent his word and delivered them. And healed them and delivered them from their destruction. This is a word of God that he has proclaimed that has now gone in and changed the economic texture of Babylon. Because do you remember in like um, in the book of Leviticus when God is giving them, the, he's telling them about the Sabbath. The, the, he gives them that you have to keep one Sabbath year every seven years. The seventh year, you keep it as a Sabbath year. And then every, or the 50th year would be the, the, the Jubilee, right? He says, in the sixth year, you will stop planting in the sixth year. And he says, I will, spend my, I will send my special blessing unto you. And what he will do is that it will cause you, it will cause your crops, your plants, and all of these things to, to multiply three times. So you'll eat in the sixth year. What you planted, what you have is in the sixth year. You'll eat in the sixth year, in the seventh year, and also in the eighth year. So when God sends this word, you who still crying woe is me because of how you've been displaced from Jerusalem, other people who catch wind that God has established new a new um, um, opening in a land of strangers and foreigners for them to prosper and keep on with their livelihood, that will help you with your depression. Man, that will give you confidence to open up your business. Man, if, you are, if you're a farmer in Babylon, if you're a farmer in Jerusalem, you can say, man, I know how to plant crops and I know, I know how to do business. I'll, I'll just do the same thing here. He said, he tells them, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters. That you may be increased there and not diminished. Look at the prophetic utterance. That you may be increased there and not diminished. And he says, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord God of hosts of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For, the, for, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Then he says, 
that famous scripture we always read Jeremiah 29, 11, but it's on the back of all of that. For that says the Lord God, after seven years of conflict in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Then he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you'll pray to me, and then you'll call up, and then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'll be found by you, says the Lord God, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away. Man, this is awesome. There's multiple dimensions that if you got this word, let's say if you're 20 years, uh, even passing it down to your children. Now, if you think about this, if, <laughs> so if you were in, if you're in Babylon after 70 years, if now your parents or your grandparents have passed on and it's just you left in Babylon because maybe you, you moved to Babylon, your parents were 50 years old, plus 70 years, they're 120, they've died, they've gone on, but they passed on this knowledge unto you. It will be the same thing you'll do. You're like, oh, 70 years is about to come up. We're about to go back. Guess what? You'll sell your belongings. Well, the price is hot. Do you see? Because you're moving into fulfillment of prophetic word. Man. So, Man, I'm excited. I don't know if you see, I'm just smiling and beaming. This is rich. This is, you and I need to be just soaking this in. Turning scripture inside and out to see how we can apply it in our present times. So all the illustrations that I'm going to try to show you, I'll be showing you. Okay. This word was going out during the reign of this king. These, these, this was God's complaint against the people. This is who he needed to advance the kingdom. This was God's mission statement for that season. The people who did this were the ones who would be backed by the currency of God. And that's, and hopefully your muscles will become tuned up, your spiritual muscles, spiritual agility, you will be able to start picking up on these things and know whatever country you're in, all of this has blueprint in scripture. I'm telling you. So that this is this is the journey ahead for us. Predestined calling and purpose that your scripture might be fulfilled. Man, oh man, oh man. Father. So in the next episode, what are we going to talk about? Some more of this. A lot more of this. I want you to buckle up, bring a friend, share this with someone, come to the table, let's all eat. There's a lot of things that are just coming to me right now by the Holy Spirit speaking. And I'm, the reason I'm smiling is because I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't even see that. I didn't know that. I, so many things are happening right now. So... I want you to be excited. 
But we have to grow in another dimension. We just can't keep the old spiritual walk. That's why people are no longer interested. People are fatigued. It's just not fun. That's why the world is more exciting to us. That's why the news is more exciting to you. I'm so locked up in all of these that I don't, I'm like, I'm trying to understand all of these. And what I see on the news is it's just, uh, I'm reading the news right here. You're being shaken by what you see out there. And you should see how things work out. You should see how the patterns are in scripture. So that you don't walk around like one of those other people. Oh, man, like, you know, I had a friend of mine come come one time and says, man, Calvin, he'd just given up on life. Because they're talking about chips this, chips that. They're going to embed people with chips this. They're going to inject people with this. Then it says, oh, the mark of the beast is around the corner. This and that. And I said, you are evidently, um, you haven't read. Um, scripture to know when you should stop running now is not the time to run go go read luke 22 you see jesus telling you you'll see this happen it's not yet and then it's the point of guess and says when you see this happening run for the hills so now is not yet a time to run for the hills so you this stuff can affect you if you're caught up in the misleading if you don't know what timeline prophecy is on and all of these things, you just end up being depressed. You, it paralyzes you. You can't make decisions. I remember one man said, is that leave every day like Jesus is coming back today, but plan like Jesus is coming back in a hundred years. You know, there's a confidence you walk with, a surety of faith, because you know, I know what's coming. I know what's happening. I know how to place myself. I know when to move. I know when to stop. This is what we're going to be talking about. So I really hope this episode bless your heart. And um, we'll pray. Close us out. And um, I look forward to the next episode. Look forward to the next episode. Let's see here. What do we have on the menu? So. Um, once again, can we just, one more cheer, one more cheer. Father, um, thank you so much. Hallowed be your name. Thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding. Holy Spirit, I ask that you quicken our minds and our hearts 
to desire and pursue deeper dimensions of our Lord and Savior. He who is, he who was, who is, and who is to come. Deeper dimensions of the utterances of your word. Words of things that are and are to come. Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts with this desire and pursuit of great and mighty things that are in God that we, that we don't know. Help us to pursue the hidden, the wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom, the hidden mysteries that have been ordained before the age for our glorification in these times. You say you're a good father. And if our earthly fathers who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will our heavenly father give good gifts to those who seek him? He said, look at the sparrows that are sold for a farthing. And neither none of them drops to the ground without the knowledge of our father. Look at the lilies of the valley. It says, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass that today is and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will you clothe us? Lord, by faith we understand. We want our hearts to start understanding that you care for us deeply. You care for our needs. You say, for all the Gentiles seek after these things. And our Heavenly Father knows that we have need of all these things. But you have challenged us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Your way of doing things. And all these things taken together besides will be added unto us. Lord, I know these people who are listening to this. And these areas in our lives that because of a need, we're saying, Lord, I know you're awesome. I know you're good. I know you want to show me great and mighty things that I know it's not. But what about this? What about a wife? What about a husband? What about a car? What about rent? What about my bills? What about my food? What about my healing? What about my children? What about my mother? What about my father? And I know, Father, that you care about these things. Give us this confidence. To not grip so tightly, to not just always approach you just as a as gyra, but to approach you in other ways as well, to, to desire sincere intimacy with your engrafted word, with the mysteries of God. And Father, you know. How far you know what is in everyone's heart right now. You know that person that needs something to happen to them that they will be encouraged to go on a deeper journey. Lord, do it if you have to. But we're asking that you will give us this confidence to not pursue, to not focus all our spiritual energy, all our prayer time, all our fellowship time with you. Seeking after the things of the Gentiles secret. Help us to see that our Father in heaven cares about us. He knows what we need even before we ask Him. 
Let that confidence drop in our hearts, Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. And Father, I ask that as we continue on this journey of predestined calling and purpose, that you will continue to reveal to us the mysteries of your word, that we may be like the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times and seasons and knew what Israel ought to do. That we will have understanding of our times and seasons and know what each of us ought to do. Who needs to stay in Babylon? Who needs to leave? We will know. Who needs to stay in Gerar? Who needs to go to Egypt? We will know. We will know. We will know. We will know. We will not miss our times and seasons. Give us this understanding and surety of confidence and surety and confidence of heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we pray this in the mighty, mighty, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm excited and looking forward to the next episode. Um, I'll be here. I'll be expecting you. I'm waiting for you. Bring a friend. Tell that friend that you bring to also bring another friend. Don't be at the party alone. Come on. Let's make this thing fun. Bring someone else. Closing benediction for this episode is This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ, might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be glory, honor, majesty, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. As always, your host for today, for this episode, is Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode blessed your heart. I really hope this episode blessed your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you. And may the Lord keep you. May the, may the Lord bless you and keep you from the evil one. Thank you for tuning in and see you on the next episode. On the next episode. I'll be waiting for you. On the next episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.